listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 27th of June 2023. Later, the Australian share market snaps a four-day losing streak. But first, we are just days away from the end of the financial year, so now's a good time to go through everything you need to know this tax time, including tips, the new changes and the warnings about getting it right. So for all of that, I spoke with the ATO Assistant Commissioner, Tim Lowe. Tim, the ATO is expecting fewer people to receive a refund or smaller refunds than they were expecting this time around. Why? Yeah, that's right, Ricardo. Look, the low and middle income tax offset ended on the 30th of June uh, 2022. So that, that was about $675 to $1,500. And so don't, if you've been uh, for incomes up to $126,000, so that's one of the key reasons why your refund might be smaller or you may be in a debt position this year. Okay. What are some of the things people can do right now as they prepare for July the 1st? What, there's a few things you can do uh, you know, right now. The first thing is to go back to the 1st of July last year and look for all those receipts uh, for this financial year. Now, if you haven't already done so, the best thing I would suggest is to download the ATO app so you're ready for next year. It's a good place to store all your receipts in one spot. The other thing you can do is also check out um, the ATO's occupation guides. We've got nearly 40 of them. Find them on our website and can help you work out what you can and can't claim this tax time. Taxpayers, though, shouldn't be too eager to lodge their annual income tax return too soon, right? Why so? Yeah, look, we know a lot of people make mistakes. We've seen that time and time again when people rush to do their tax return. And what happens if, when you rush is actually, you actually slow down your tax return. We ask a lot of questions and we'll ask you to substantiate your claim. Our best advice is to lodge at the end of July where a lot of pre-fill information is automatically included in your tax return to make your job Really easy and simple. So can you go through some of what is pre-filled? And even though people may be keen to lodge their tax, uh, income tax on the 1st of July, they, they may need to wait until that actual lodgement is tax ready, don't they? Yeah, that's right, Ricardo. So the, my best tip is um, um, lodge at the end of July because a lot of that pre-filled information, that's information from your employer, uh, banks and financial institutions, government agencies and health funds is automatically populated into your tax return. So all you need to do is check that it's all correct and then include any deductions you're entitled to, nothing more, nothing less. So that includes all the donations that you made during the year and any other work-related deductions that you might be entitled to as well. Okay, so speaking of deductions, the ATO has on its sites three things in particular this tax time. Can we go through each of them? The first one, rental property deductions. How and why? Yeah, look, we're seeing nine out of 10 rental property investors get their tax return wrong. And 87% of those tax returns are done by tax agents. So what we're asking uh, tax agents is to ask extra questions of, of your you know, clients and for clients to, uh, to make sure that they're giving all their records to the tax agent. At the end of the day, the responsibility of the tax return lies with the, um, the, the, the client. So that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing that we're seeing when it comes to those types of mistakes is um, people are typically claiming all their introductions, particularly when they refinance their property for private purposes. So, for example, if they're going on a holiday to Bali or buying a new Tesla for private purposes, that interest isn't deductible for that private component and needs to be apportioned. 
Okay, another one, work-related expenses. Uh, what are you looking at? Because more people are now working from home. But at the same time, you know, when people were working from home because of the pandemic, people are now going back to the office too. Yeah, that's right, Ricardo. We know millions of Australians that through the pandemic worked at home, but we know lots of bosses have asked their employees to go back into the office. So, you know, we, what we're saying to people is this, uh, don't copy and paste your claims from last year because of your circumstances have changed. Finally, capital gains tax across many assets, but in particular, you're looking at cryptocurrencies too. Yeah, we're looking at shares, cryptocurrency and uh, property this, this tax time. This time in particular, property, uh, what we're seeing is a lot of people are renting out rooms in their homes on sh- short-term accommodation platforms like Airbnb and stays. And when you end up selling that property down the track, it can result in capital gains tax consequences because you've rented out a room whilst you're using it as a main residence. Times are tougher. Cost of living is rising. Interest rates are rising. Are you concerned that people may be filling their their income tax forms incorrectly as a result, hoping to maybe just get a bit more in the bank? Look, what we say to people is this, you know, you base your tax return on the evidence that you have and the supporting document documentation that you have. You know, at the ATO, we have supercomputers, we have data analytics, we've got data scientists working behind the scenes to review every single return. So if you, you know, your tax return sticks out like a sore thumb, um, we'll be asking questions of you. So my advice is to make sure you've got documents, uh, your records in place to make sure you, you've got an accurate return and can get it right the first time. What are some of the key tax changes happening from July the 1st? Yeah, there's a few key changes, uh, Ricardo, when it comes to um, tax time. First of all, you know, the working from home uh, rate has increased for the revised fixed rate method from 60, uh, 52 cents to 67 cents per hour. That's a 28% increase. Uh, and one key thing that's changed is you no longer need a dedicated workspace to access that method. So you could be working on the kitchen table, the dining table, or even the couch, and you can use that revised fixed rate method. The other key thing that's changed is in relation to the cents per kilometer method. Uh, if you are claiming uh, work car travel, uh, the, the rate has increased from 72 cents per kilometre to 78 cents per kilometre. And the other key change is in relation to self-education expenses. There used to be an exemption for $250 uh, that, uh, that wasn't deductible. You now can, uh, that's no longer there uh, this tax time. Final question, Tim. Is there anything in particular that people from cold communities, uh, culturally and linguistic diverse communities, need to be aware of? Yeah, if you're from a coal community, we've got actually got some fantastic resources on the ATL website. We've got translated a lot of our tax time resources in over 20 languages. So my best tip is to go onto the ATL website and get some information from, from the website. Uh, you can find it at ato.gov.au forward slash tax time resources. Tim Lowe there, the ATO Assistant Commissioner. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Well, the Australian share market snapped a four-day losing streak. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.6%, fourth of 7,118. For more, I spoke with Joe Youssef. He is the head of distribution at Arias Asset Management. Joe, the market's up today. Why and which sectors are driving the gains? Look, Ricardo, I think there's a number of reasons. First and foremost, the market's had a, a pretty ordinary run of late. You know, it was down circa 4% in the last few trading days. I think last night's sell-off in the States too was mostly technology-laden uh, and uh, definitely our market doesn't have anywhere near as much technology uh, influence on it. And then I think uh, you, you look today, uh, there's just been a little bit of uh, 
uh, uh, gravitation towards shares that have uh, been savagely hit. You know, the banking sector particularly has had a good good rebound today or financial services right across the board, in fact, have done well. We've had a little bit of a rebound in the resource stocks as well too, which has been, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, pleasant and probably long overdue. And then we've had, you know, uh, some stapled stocks like Sonic Healthcare who have had a pretty good surge as well too based uh, upon their uh, their early morning announcement of that that takeover of the Swiss company. I guess one really big key economic event comes out tomorrow, official inflation numbers. We then get yep. retail sales on Thursday. How is this all likely to play in the market's expectations with what the Reserve Bank is likely to do with interest rates not only next week but I guess going into the future? Yeah, uh, look, uh, tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's inflation rate is expected to be 6 to 6.1%, which is about 10% below where it was uh, at the last print, but still significantly well above what's double what the Reserve Bank's uh, articulated uh, comfort level is. Uh, look, I still think it's way too high. Uh, you know, the, the, the irrefutable factor, even with 6.1 cash rates at 4.1, that's still a negative real interest rate of 2%. That's not too different to when, you know, inflation was comfortably you know, below 3% and cash at 0.1, that is still a precursor to economic hardship down the track. So I, uh, my personal opinion is that they need to go and continue to go uh, northwards until they get inflation uh, well and truly, you know, back below 4% and close to their, to their target range. I mean, the US has done an admirable job in halving their, or more than halving their inflation rate, and so they've been able to pause. I don't think the Reserve Bank is in that position yet, but there's a lot of uh, different opinions in the market for sure. Uh, over the weekend, we saw one uh, new, uh, I guess, complication with that, uh, the Russian instability, right? I guess that also moved oil and gold prices. Overnight, they edged a bit higher. What's your take? Yep. Uh, look, I, I, I still think it's a false dawn with uh, with oil. I think I think oil, particularly with supply issues and just continued economic uncertainty, is going to continue to 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 be under pressure. Gold's a different kettle of fish. If you look at gold, theoretically, uh, you know, traditionally it's a store of wealth. It's it's a hedge for inflation, and uh, in recent years. Uh, up until probably this year, you saw central banks globally start to divest out of their gold holdings, but there's been a reversal this year, been a, an upswing in central banks and surprisingly so buying, uh, gold back. And I think that's, that's testament to just how much uncertainty there is both geopolitically and also economically. So I think gold, I mean, gold's all time high was back in 2020, it was just shy of 2075 an ounce. We've tested those highs a couple of times. We haven't got there, but if you look at some of the major analysts, uh, a lot of them are predicting gold to, to you know, forge ahead and make a new high in the, um, in the not too distant future. I'm definitely in that camp as well. Joe Youssef there from Arias Asset Management. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.